Chapter Twenty One of Monsieur Lecoq, Part Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tony Oliva. Monsieur Lecoq by Emile Gaboriau, Part Two, Chapter Twenty One the duc de sairmeuse and the marquis de courtornieu had more time before them than they supposed the rebels were advancing but not so rapidly as chupin has said two circumstances which it was impossible to foresee disarranged lacheneur's plans standing beside his burning house lacheneur counted the signal fires that blazed out in answer to his own their number corresponded to his expectations he uttered a cry of joy all our friends keep their word he exclaimed they are ready they are even now on their way to the rendezvous let us start at once for we must be there first they brought him his horse and his foot was already in the stirrup when two men sprang from the neighboring grove and darted toward him him. one of them seized the horse by the bridle abbe midon exclaimed lacheneur in profound astonishment monsieur d'escorval and foreseeing perhaps what was to come he added in a tone of concentrated fury what do you two men want with me we wish to prevent the accomplishment of an act of madness exclaimed m d'escorval hatred has crazed you lacheneur you know nothing of my projects do you think that i do not suspect them you hope to capture montaignac what does that matter to you interrupted lacheneur violently but m d'escorval would not be silenced he seized the arm of his former friend and in a voice loud enough to be heard distinctly by every one present he continued foolish man you have forgotten that montaignac is a fortified city protected by deep moats and high walls you have forgotten that behind these fortifications is a garrison commanded by a man whose energy and valor are beyond all question the duc de sairmeuse lacheneur struggled to free himself from his friend's grasp everything has been arranged he replied and they are expecting us at montaignac you would be as sure of this as i am myself if you had seen the light gleaming on the windows of the citadel and look you can see it yet this light tells me that two or three hundred retired officers will come to open the gates of the city for us as soon as we make our appearance and after that if you take montaignac what will you do then do you suppose that the english will give you back your emperor is not napoleon second the prisoner of the austrians have you forgotten that the allied sovereigns have left one hundred and fifty thousand soldiers within a day's march of paris sullen murmurs were heard among lacheneur's followers but all this is nothing continued the baron the chief danger lies in the fact that there are as many traitors as dupes in an undertaking of this sort whom do you call dupes monsieur all those who take their illusions for realities as you have done all those who because they desire anything very much really believe that it will come to pass do you really suppose that neither the duc de sairmeuse nor the marquis de courtornieu has been warned of it lacheneur shrugged his shoulders who could have warned them but his tranquillity was feigned the look which he cast upon jean proved it and it was in the coldest possible tone that he added it is probable that at this very hour the duc 
and the marquis are in the power of our friends the cure now attempted to join his efforts to those of the baron you will not go lacheneur he said you will not remain deaf to the voice of reason you are an honest man think of the frightful responsibility you assume what upon these frail hopes you dare to peril the lives of hundreds of brave men i tell you that you will not succeed you will be betrayed i am sure you will be betrayed an expression of horror contracted lacheneur's features it was evident to all that he was deeply moved it is impossible to say what might have happened had it not been for the intervention of chanlouineau this sturdy peasant came forward brandishing his gun we are wasting too much time in foolish prattling he exclaimed with a fierce oath lacheneur started as if he had been struck by a whip he rudely freed himself and leaped into the saddle forward he ordered but the baron and the priest did not yet despair they sprang to the horse's head lacheneur cried the priest beware the blood you are about to spill will fall upon your head and upon the heads of your children appalled by these prophetic words the little band paused then someone issued from the ranks clad in the costume of a peasant marianne exclaimed the abbe and the baron in the same breath yes i responded the young girl removing the large hat which had partially concealed her face i wish to share the dangers of those who are dear to me share in their victory or their defeat your counsel comes too late gentlemen do you see those lights on the horizon they tell us that the people of these communes are repairing to the crossroads at the croix d'arcy the general rendezvous before two o'clock fifteen hundred men will be gathered there awaiting my father's commands would you have him leave these men whom he has called from their peaceful firesides without a leader impossible she evidently shared the madness of her lover and father even if she did not share all their hopes no there must be no more hesitation no more parleying she continued prudence now would be the height of folly there is no more danger in a retreat than in an advance do not try to detain my father gentlemen each moment of delay may perhaps cost a man's life and now my friends forward a loud cheer answered her and the little band descended the hill but m d'escorval could not allow his own son whom he saw in the ranks to depart thus maurice he cried the young man hesitated but at last approached you will not follow these madmen maurice said the baron i must follow them father i forbid it alas father i cannot obey you i have promised i have sworn i am second in command his voice was sad but it was determined my son exclaimed m d'escorval unfortunate child it is to certain death that you are marching to certain death all the more reason that i should not break my word father and your mother maurice the mother whom you forget a tear glistened in the young man's eye my mother he replied would rather weep for her dead son than keep him near her dishonored and branded with the names of coward and traitor farewell my father m d'escorval appreciated the nobility of soul that maurice displayed in his conduct he extended his arms and pressed his beloved son convulsively to his heart feeling that it might be for the last time farewell he faltered farewell maurice soon rejoined his comrades whose acclamations were growing fainter and fainter in the distance but the baron stood motionless overwhelmed with sorrow suddenly he started from his reverie a single hope remains abbe he cried 
alas murmured the priest oh i am not mistaken marianne just told us the place of rendezvous by running to escorval and harnessing the cabriolet we might be able to reach the croix d'arcy before this party arrives there your voice which touched lacheneur will touch the heart of his accomplices we will persuade these poor misguided men to return to their homes come abbe come quickly and they departed on the run End of chapter 21 Recording by Tony Oliva, Albuquerque.